This is a Rooster Teeth production. What does it mean to die from rising of the lights? Or being planet struck? Or cancer and wolf? We investigate death in the 17th century on 30 Morbid Minutes. This is the podcast where we cover topics, history, people, places, ideas, and more of a morbid, macabre, dark, and downright grisly nature. I'm Elise Willems. And I'm Jessica Vasami. About a year or so ago, a document called Causes of Death in London, The Diseases and Casualties, this year being 1632, started getting a lot of traction and interest online, mostly by me, but by a lot of other people too. (laughs) Yes, it was a list chronicling and cataloging deaths of the time taken from the 17th century medical journal called The Bills of Mortality. The Bills of Mortality started as a notice of sorts in the late 16th century concerning plague outbreaks. It would let people know if there was an outbreak happening. And it was originally a weekly data compilation pulled together by various churches. Clergy would count and aggregate how many people died and by what cause of death. For example, death during childbirth. Eventually, the Bills of Mortality evolved to become a standard practice tracking annual mortality statistics. And this was back in 1632, so why are we talking about it now? Well, what really captured the internet's attention and interest was not just the specificity of the list, but its nomenclature. The way by which diseases, afflictions, and incidents were named or understood back in 1632. At least we're talking about this now because we're morbid AF, right? I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say, <laughs> and I think, that, I think that enough time has passed also now that we can't talk about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, modern medical science has evolved a lot, and it's really easy to look back now and laugh heartedly at what those silly billies in the olden times called things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But rather than look down on from our high horse of modernity, we thought it would be more interesting to go through this list, the causes of death in London in 1632, and talk about these causes of death Try to explain them a little bit, Jess, you know, get some understanding for why they were called what they were and apply that in a historical context. All right, let's do it. Can you hear me? I'm rubbing let's my hands together. It. I can hear it. That's, that's right, the sound right. of history in the making. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Getting some of the tougher ones to talk about out of the yeah. way. Child mortality. Yeah, we're, we put the real bad ones up front here. I mean, they're all bad, but, you know always stuff with infants and kids the worst. So we're going to get this get this done real quick. There were 445 abortive and stillborn deaths logged on this list. And it should be noted that back then the word aborted was used in a similar fashion as stillborn, which means the unintended death or loss of a baby before or during childbirth. Mm-hmm. Up until the 18th century, the term abortion was used interchangeably with miscarriage. And abortion in the modern sense of the word wasn't officially made illegal in Britain until 1803. Which feels really late for me. Yes. For the Puritans to be like, this cannot be allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, but abortion is not a modern invention. Women have been inducing abortions throughout history. Deal with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen House of the Dragon, that moon juice. That's yeah. yeah. Where to go That's, get me some of that moon juice? I mean, hey, it's been it's been enough time. You guys should have seen this already. But anyway, yes, in the 17th century, women may have induced abortions by drinking herbal tinctures containing bay tree roots, ferns, and ground pine. Two variants success. 
But yeah, given the high level of infant mortality back then, it makes sense that abortive and stillborn deaths would have one of the highest body counts on this list. The list also logs seven infants as dying by being overlaid and starved at nurse, which are the actual names of the causes of death. Yeah. And they group these together on this list, but they're two distinctive fatalities. Overlaid is, it's like pretty morbid. And it's basically what happened when an infant was unintentionally rolled over and smothered by a parent in bed. So like your kid's sleeping in bed with you and you rolled over on them and smother them. They can't breathe. They suffocate. It's yeah. like super morbid. It is super morbid, but it's also like such an innocent thing. You're like, you're cuddling your child in Ugh. bed and you just, oops. Yeah. Oh no. It's nightmarish. Um, but starved at nurse is probably what you're thinking. It was due to the insufficient breastfeeding um, or an infant being malnourished. Yeah. And that's kind of straightforward. Starved at nurse mm-hmm, translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, childbed, 171 fatalities, which is actually what I would have thought overlaid would have been. Yeah. You know, overlaid in the modern sense would be like, you know, you're not taking that moon juice and you're <laughs> a little overlaid there. <laughs> no, yeah, yes, yes. Oh gosh, we are kicking this season off with a Here we go. Boom. Um, We're in it. But yes, not to make jokes. Childbed was uh clocked at 171 fatalities and it might be a harder one if you're trying to guess it by the name. Mhm. It actually means postpartum infection in the person who carried and delivered the baby. It's sepsis or obstetrical infection, which at the time was generally caused due to poor institutional hygiene. Yeah, and institutional hygiene, that just means the cleanliness of the facility or place the baby was delivered or like the quality of cleanliness of the tools and equipment used or the doctor. And remember, Elise, we've talked a lot about this on this podcast, about how modern germ theory wasn't introduced until the 20th century, and most surgeons didn't wash their hands. Yeah, we, we bring that up a lot. Because it's in, it, it's chaos. It's ca- it, it bred you know chaos. I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's in, a, in our world, especially in a post-pandemic or, you know, however you interpret our current COVID situation world, it's hard to think about that, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, occasionally also midwives and doctors of this time would uh, deliver a baby. Then without washing their hands, they would like go to the room next door in the hospital and deliver another baby. Oh god! So they're just going from baby to baby, hiking those babies out, no hand washing between. Oh, just, just love it. 2,268 deaths were listed under chrisms and infants, the biggest number on this list and indicative of the high infant mortality rate of the time. Chrism refers to an infant less than a month old. So a chrism or a chrism cloth was used to cover a baby's head when they were baptized. So the word probably also denotes just how young the baby was um, since they were too young to even be baptized. Yeah, chrisms and infants... Uh, the names, is a bit more of a general classification as the actual causes of death may have ranged from vitamin deficiency to food shortages to infant cholera to really any other challenges of the time. Yeah. And that's something that's kind of the running current through this list, that a lot of these are a symptom and not necessarily the cause. During the 1600s, about one in five children of the same family wouldn't survive to adulthood, which is Mm -hmm. a extremely high ratio. Yeah. The next cause of death might need some explaining. It's aphrited. (laughs) To be aphrited means to be alarmed or suddenly fearful. So you would think this might mean like being scared to death. Yeah. That's what I thought it was when I first (laughs) looked at the list. I was like, oh yes, of course. Like my druthers, my Ah, clutching your pearls as you faint. Um, 
And it, it like sort of does. But what it specifically refers to in the context of this list is a stress-induced heart attack. So an adrenaline surge that would prove fatal and probably in some of these situations came about by someone being surprised by something. This one, I think, I think scares me the most because I have a lot of stress in my life and there's definitely times where I'm like feeling that amount, like aching in my heart. And I'm like, am I going to have a heart attack oh, yeah. right now? Like yeah. because of the sheer amount of stress happening. Yeah. And I, I think also probably understanding of things like panic attacks yeah. was not a thing back then. So they may have thought, oh, so he's affrighted. And it's like, oh no, he's having maybe a panic attack mm-hmm. that could lead mm-hmm. to this or something. Yes. Yeah. So in with that, only one person in 1632 London died of affright, whereas a whopping 628 people died of aged, which you guessed it, is dying of old age or natural causes, probably, you know, the best way to go in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know about you, Elise. <laughs> no, no, that's that's how I definitely want to go. Um, as much as I want, you know, my death to impact you <laughs> as I talk about on this podcast, I do I do want to just go um, you know, like the lady in Titanic. Yeah, I wa- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to throw my necklace into the water, then myself, and uh, be done with, with it. The, with the noise. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the noise that yeah, happens in the movie? Freaking throws it over. She's like, oh, oh, oh God, you got to watch it again, Elise. You would, it, it's, it's I for you. That, I need it to be like my text notification sound yeah. effect. <laughs> Uh, Well, there's a common misconception that the lifespan of people hundreds and hundreds of years ago was much lower than it is today. And that's not really the case. The life expectancy was, yes, uh, lower due to infant mortality rates, namely. That's good. I I didn't know that. I always thought it was because, yeah, we just didn't have all of the medicine and all that. But, you know, they actually did live longer than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I got to be a grandfather by 30 because this is it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. It was just the average, you know, aggregate brought down the overall score, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm, yeah. Data found by the BBC suggests that from 1200 to 1745, if a person didn't die by 21 from, like, violence, an accident, or poison, they could be expected to live anywhere from, like, 62 to, to 70 years of age. Of course, all bets were off, like, during the times of serious plague, like, in the 14th century, but that's not too, that, yeah, that's too bad, you know? yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. It's it's not. I mean, we're it. still, I mean, I don't know. I, I hope to live into my 80s. You know, I'm like, that. I've done good by that point, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I hope you do too, because that means that I live longer too. Because like, like, I do plan to go before you. So that, as you know, I, know, I can haunt you. You're planning this, I know. Yep. But I do want to live long. So I need you to live long. And then I can still croak before you. It's a science. Perfect. And this I'm is perfecting a plan. it still. You really are. It's taken, What what season are we on? Four? Oh, four. Okay, so so far it's been four seasons. You're still perfecting. Got it. Did you wonder who was sending you all those vitamins in the mail? Your secret benefactor <laughs> that's trying to keep you healthy? <laughs> no, they're <laughs> just lot. from Everlywell. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next on the list, Apoplex and Megrum, which sound like kind of, you know, a Victorian duo. Um, 17 deaths. What the hell do these words mean, Jess? Good question. Apoplex applied to someone who suffered a stroke or an aneurysm and died or was paralyzed. And megrum or megrim refers to a migraine or severe headache, which it's so interesting. These two now, because my aunt passed away of um, a brain aneurysm and literally the last words that she said, she was with somebody 
when she died was, this is the worst headache I've ever had. Uh, and then, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And again, like it, it is hard to imagine someone dying of a bad headache, which is why like it would have applied to something like that. Actually, had they had that knowledge, it was internal head trauma or something like a brain tumor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Moving on to our next one, 1632 was especially bad for one person who was bit by a mad dog. Oi, which, I've been bit yeah. by yeah, a mad dog. Yeah, that's it, you know, yeah, which I think, yes, we can all surmise what happened here. Probably somebody was bit by an, an aggressive, likely rabid dog. Yeah, right? I thought he was my best friend, but he weren't. He he was bloody mad. Yeah, he's got my rabies, yeah? Oh, yeah, and rabies is horrible, and unless treated immediately, like, it's basically a death sentence. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. oh, gosh, I do yourself a favor and never accidentally be a lease and watch a video of someone with rabies exhibiting hydrophobia because it will stay with you forever. Because once when you have rabies, you develop hydrophobia, which is the fear of water. So I accidentally, because it autoplayed, watched a video of somebody that had rabies that they were trying to get them to drink a glass of water. Just just don't do it ever because it'll like stay with you in your brain and you'll never be able to wipe it. First um, off, I have questions. Why didn't you send that video to me? One, oh, you sicko. And- <laughs> I want to see that. I'm immediately going to look that up. And then two, that's so interesting, the fear of water that just kind of comes into play when you have rabies. Yeah, because I... Th- think with rabies, it's essentially like you, you know, the closest thing to kind of what a real zombie Mm -hmm. infestation would look like, which is basically like a a fungal or, Mm. or, well, the idea of a parasite. Yeah. Because I think about, you know, when with zombie, if, if, you know, zombies, if it ever happened in reality, wouldn't be like people rising from the grave. It would be that there's some infectious Mm -hmm. parasite that's essentially using humans like a host and, Mm -hmm. um, no, that's yeah. neither here nor there. That's another episode, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Zombies. <laughs> okay, going down the line here, we have arrived at bleeding, which we can guess is dying due to excessive blood loss. Bleeding to death can happen as quickly as within five minutes. Yeah. If blood loss isn't quickly curbed and stabilized before a person has lost about 50% of their blood volume, the body will lose its ability to pump blood and deliver oxygen to the heart and vital organs. And that happened to three unfortunate people in 1632. Ugh. Meanwhile, 348 people died of bloody flux, scouring, or just regular old flux, all different ways of saying dysentery. Yeah, uh, flux is diarrhea and bloody flux <laughs> is, you guessed it, bloody diarrhea. Um, yeah, a type of gastroenteritis that causes bloody diarrhea and could be spread through bacterial transmission during outbreaks. Yeah, dysentery was endemic during this time due to unsanitary conditions, lack of germ theory, Jess, it always comes Mm -hmm, back to it, mm -hmm. and lack of hand washing, and of course, the contagious and highly infectious nature of the disease, hence the high fatality count. Yeah, and there were no antibiotics, of course, so the same rudimentary treatments for regular fevers like bloodletting were applied. Yeah, I think it was like Woodrow Wilson's son. He got he got the scratch while he was playing tennis or something, and he would have been fine had there been antibiotics, but it got infected and he he died. And that's probably why Woodrow Wilson didn't run for a second term in office. This makes complete sense. It's wild to think when like, you know, mm-hmm. antibiotics and I might be completely wrong <laughs> in conjuring oh. <laughs> this history. This is this is uh, what I think uh, <laughs> happened. I think if I if memory serves. I mean, it makes but, sense. It, it, I, it is believable. Yeah. And uh Yeah, so we don't have antibiotics and uh, we're doing things like bloodletting. And Jess, maybe in 1632, 
you know, you were the one poor person who diarrhea really wasn't an issue. It was the opposite. You died. No, for me, it was probably diarrhea, but keep going. True, true, true. But in the theoretical, uh, you were a person that died of piles, which were hemorrhoids. And uh, I don't I don't it's tough because a lot of these on this list, you know, we're just going by the information we can find and deduce, which we're not doctors, people. No, 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 we're we're not going to leave it at one died of hemorrhoids. And that's all we can say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We can't really comment on the one person that died of vomiting. Uh, which like the diarrhea stuff is probably due to the fact that somebody who was, you know, already very sickly and got very, very dehydrated and just couldn't recover. Yeah. Or maybe choked and it's on vomit or it's, it's tough with these two, because like we said earlier, like a lot of this list is it's not the cause, it's the symptoms that they're mm-hmm. categorizing as the cause of death for lack of medical understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, next on the list, bruised issues, sores and ulcers said to account for 28 deaths. And this one was tougher to find info for. It could mean like internal ulcers or hematomas. It could also refer to someone having an external ulcer or wound that became infected and like festered and evolved into something like I was saying with Woodrow Wilson's son, Mm -hmm. which um, can't confirm. (laughs) Which (laughs) (laughs) won't Google it. Can't confirm. I think that should be the theme of this podcast. Can't confirm, but sounds interesting enough. Um, But a recorded five deaths occurred in 1632 when individuals were burnt or scalded. Not too much to translate here. Death by excessive damage from heat. Burns are caused by dry heat, whereas scald is caused by hot water or hot steam. Mm -hmm. Burst and rupture, it sounds pretty hardcore, but no, back in 1632, it was used to categorize the nine people who died likely due to restricted blood flow as caused by ailments like hernias, and nine people died of such causes. Now, how about this next one? Cancer and wolf, which also sounds pretty hardcore, like a metalcore band. Yeah. <laughs> Why people were like off the chain in 1632. They, they really knew they were. didn't have, they knew we, we ain't got long to live. We yeah. got to live as hard as we can. <laughs> no, absolutely. They were hardcore. But let's get into how hardcore they were after a brief message from our sponsors. 30 Morbid Minutes is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We do great things when we're at our best. But when we're not at our best... We can get bogged down, feel overwhelmed, and generally not show up the way we want to, Jess. But working with a therapist can help you through those not-your-best times. Because I want to be the best version of myself, and I want you to be the best version of yourself, too, my friend. Absolutely. Therapy, I've gone to therapy for the last three years now. It's done nothing but improve me as a person. And it's also helped my relationships with my family and friends too, which has been spectacular. Yeah. It's uh, it makes you better for everyone else in your life or it should. Yeah. And for my own brain, I really feel like when I'm actively working on things that have been hard in the past, like sticking up for myself or having difficult conversations that I'm able to move through those tough moments faster than when I'm just out there on my own with no tools or guidance and just me. Cause I'm insane. Yeah. <laughs> Drifting like that necklace the old woman from Titanic threw into the water exactly. before she made what sound, Jess? <laughs> yep, that sound, that sound. Uh, but no, yeah, exactly. That's what therapy's there for, to to be the wind in your boat or an oar, you know, pick whatever. Not or the necklace metaphor. from Titanic. Yes, yeah. perfect, perfect. <laughs> Better help is a great option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's convenient, affordable, and 100% online. 
A brief questionnaire gets you matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time with no charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash 30mm today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 30mm. I don't know if you do this, Elise, but I have this tendency to just stick to the same routine every day. But I also keep wondering about what else I discover if I just broke that up a little bit. That's why having electric e-bike is great, Jess. It's it's spontaneous. It, it allows you to embark an adventure. Yes, you have one. Tell me more. Yeah, they're great for getting into the outdoors more, discovering new parts of your neighborhood or city. Not to mention my electric e-bike lets me lower my gas costs and reduce my carbon footprint. And you know I got gas costs. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, since they're electric, they're perfect for any riding ability. Okay, so whether I'm a sporty type or not, I can use electric e-bike pretty easily. Yeah, like I like to use mine about town because, you know, in Los Angeles, there are certain areas where there's hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, the electric e-bike gives you that little bit more gusto in your uh, pedal pesto. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Electric e-bikes are great for getting around, whether it's a quick store trip or a fun adventure is what you're saying. Yeah. They also cost way less than other e-bikes out there. They've got a super powerful removable battery, a bright LCD display, seven speed gearing, five levels of pedal assist. Plus electric e-bikes are customizable and adjustable and even foldable. So get out there and make this year your most adventurous one yet with electric e-bikes. Visit electricebikes.com to learn more. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Now, back to the hardcore show. Here we go. Cancer and wolf. There's no wolf involved. I know you were wondering. Ah. But but the naming convention is pretty interesting. This cause of death refers to a malignant tumor, and the word wolf is a nod to both wolves and tumors, shared ability to remain hidden while doing sinister things. Language is so fascinating, and that that was the progression that someone went with, like with cancer and saying, oh, this is a disease that is so covert. Like, Mm -hmm. what else is a wolf? Mm -hmm. That's what it reminds me of. It just, that kind of stuff just fascinates me. Yep. Um, 27 people hold the very unglamorous distinction of having died of worms. And this one might be a little disputable because it could be like a tapeworm, but also um, like cancer and wolf worms was a term used by some physicians and medical journals to describe the pervasive nature of cancer again. So like cancer being kind of like this worm that digs in and you can't necessarily find or, or get rid of. Yeah. Now some people like, you know, eat tapeworms to lose weight. Yeah, that's extreme. (laughs) That's extreme. Okay, but don't do that. Anyway, (laughs) one person died in 1632 of a canker. Now, this is not what we would call a canker now. Rather, canker then still referred to an ailment of the mouth, but a much more serious kind, stomatitis. Yeah, and despite sounding like it's a stomach thing, stomatitis targets the oral mucosa and can create swelling and sores and redness and other symptoms inside the mouth which is probably where that canker connection came from. It's generally not lethal, but if it's untreated and starts to ulcer, it can exacerbate and then lead to facial necrosis, um, which is horrible to think about uh, and Mm -hmm. may have happened to this poor person in 1632. Mm -hmm. An actual stomach ailment, tympani, is responsible for 13 deaths, or rather it's the byproduct of conditions that cause swelling or bloat of the digestive tract and distended abdomen, which 
that's what happens to me when I eat too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called that because if you tap the patient's affected area, you hear a hollow sound. Yeah, like mm. a timpani drum. I need to get into this. I need to look into this a little bit more. <laughs> what if you became the the world's premier abdomen uh, percussionist? At least I'd get famous. You'd be like so. a new Yanni. Um, yeah. And this can apply to certain diseases like tumors or cancers in the abdomen, infections or kidney disease. So again, like 13 people were logged as dying from it, but it's really more of an effect than a cause. Yeah. Next up, we're talking abscesses. Awful, and if left untreated, can lead to very horrible systemic infections. But in 1632, an abscess was known as impostum, and 74 people met their end by way of abscesses that evolved into something much worse. Yeah. Uh, also on this list is Quincy, which took eight lives and is like another type of abscess. It's not quite tonsillitis, but the two are sometimes conflated. So like a peritonsillar abscess that creates like pus between your tonsils and throat is what Quincy is. And it can like prevent you from breathing because it fills up your throat and like blocks your airway and it can lead to sepsis. And this name is derived from the Latin word for choke. So again, like interesting origins of the the names here. Cold and cough. Now these sound familiar, at the time, deadly to 55 people. Sounds like, you know, just the common cold, but realistically, this probably included, you know, bronchitis and the flu, both of which were not as easily treatable as they are now. Both Mm -hmm. very, like, serious back then. Yeah. Uh, On the list is also pleurisy, fatal to 36 people, which creates inflammation that affects the lungs and respiratory system. Yeah, 56 people met their end via colic, stone, in strangury, this is related to abdominal issues and ailments. So what we might know as kidney or bladder stones or renal issues or gallstone problems, I have got my gallbladder out, or undiagnosed abdominal pain just in general. Mm-hmm. Next up is a big one, consumption, uh, which many of you probably know was once the name to describe tuberculosis, uh, a serious infection caused by bacteria that mainly targets the lungs, aka what Satine dies from in Moulin Rouge. So Jess and I always, we always bring it to that. I know. I love it. Well, I don't. That's awful. But anyway. Yes. Oh, wow. A reported 1,797 people succumbed to tuberculosis in 1632. And that's not even counting the 34 people that died of tisic, which was an archaic way of referring to a lung-wasting disease. Gosh, yeah. There are so many diseases on this list that like target the lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, by the time of this list, though, the, the term became almost synonymous with the wheezing and coughing caused by asthma and bronchial disease or, or even tuberculosis. More lung disease. And one of the more interestingly named entries on this list is what we previously brought up is rising of the lights, which killed 98 people. What the heck does this mean? Yeah, it's it's again, it's like such a obtuse Uh, term on this, it refers to illness or obstruction of the larynx, trachea, or lungs. And so the word lights finds its etymology in Old English, and it was used to describe the lung. Uh, It's still used by butchers to describe animal lungs since they're light and float in liquid. So a butcher might like be cutting up an animal and call its lungs the lights, which I didn't know. Yeah. If your lights were rising, you were coughing up a lung. I'm going to use that in my everyday uh, (laughs) vocabulary now, for real. Uh, uh, oh, man. It's just my not, lights are rising. Yeah, but it's also just not the term that I would, I guess, associate with lung stuff. Yeah, it's like they had to make leaps of logic to say like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, when we put a, an animal lung in water, it floats, it's mm. light. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On the list and related to lung ailments is also King's Evil, <laughs> which took the lives of 38 people. And no, it is not like some evil king from Game of Thrones or Henry VIII. King's Evil is the historical name for scrofula, which is also known as cervical tuberculosis. It's inflation of the lymph nodes of the neck and a serious infection caused by tuberculosis. It was called King's Evil because there was this unfounded belief that if the afflicted person were touched by a royal figure, the king or queen or whoever could cure them. Um, And this originated in England in the 11th century under Edward the Confessor. And then also in France, it gained popularity under Philip I. And by the 17th century, Charles II had like touched to heal an estimated 90,000 afflicted people, which I don't think he probably healed a lot of them, Mm -hmm. if any. Um, And the practice, like it kind of waned, I think, in the 18th century. And then it like finally met its end under the reign of Charles X, who kind of tried to bring it back. And then people were like, we don't believe this anymore. <laughs> Sometimes it wasn't even a direct touch, but the victim wearing an emulent or another trinket was touched by a monarch. Yeah, some 241 deaths were logged as convulsion. Uh, like, we're looking at a seizure in this case, likely a grand mal. And also on this list is falling sickness, which was probably also epilepsy or seizure related of which seven deaths are logged. Yeah. The next one on this list is much more open to interpretation, but if we break it down, it becomes a little bit more clear and that's cut of the stone fatal to five cut refers to the act of surgery and stone implies it's for the removal of a stone related ailment, like a kidney stone or a bladder stone. This would have been me when I got my gallbladder oh, out. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> cut, cut the I stone. had stones in there. Yeah. And it's like complications from a surgery gone sideways, though, is is also what we can like surmise. So, yeah. And uh, next up, inevitably the way Jess and I are going to go, dead in the street and starved. Um, awful way to go. But six people died under these horrible circumstances. Starvation was a horrible way to die. And, of course, many people couldn't get access to what they needed to survive. Malnutrition, vitamin deficiency, and not getting enough fruits and vegetables could also be the cause of scurvy, which killed nine. Mm -hmm. On this list, it's categorized as scurvy and itch, probably because of the associated rash a person usually gets. Yeah. I thought for sure that there would be a lot more people that would have died of that. Yeah. Just during that time. But, you know. Conversely, a reported 86 people died of what was known as surfet, overconsumption and overeating. And it's important to remember here that overconsumption, like many of the other things on this list, was a diagnosis or misunderstood as the direct cause of death. Mm -hmm. Dropsy and swelling was fatal to 267 people. And, you know, what does this mean? It's edema or fluid retention and a consequence of heart failure or liver problems, kidney failure. Yeah. 34 people died by drowning. Pretty self-explanatory. This one I'm not even sure about, but one person died of sciatica. Which, like, people still get today. It's nerve yeah. pain in your back or leg. And I, I'm curious if anyone listening knows further how this – I know it can cause, like, permanent nerve damage. But I think this may also be, like, a misnomer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Another 18 were pressed to death, a specific and brutal execution method also called crushing or pressing. This involved you would take a really, really heavy object or maybe a stone and put it on the abdomen or chest of the sentenced person. Mm-hmm. And like one of the most famous examples of this was during the Salem witch trials. This man, Giles Corey, was pressed to death in a field with heavy stones because he refused to let himself be put on trial. God, I can't imagine. That sounds like an awful way to go. 
Not surprisingly, fever clocked high at 1,108 deaths, which yes, a fever isn't necessarily an ailment. Um, it's more of a immune immune logical response and a symptom, but at the same time, it was understood much differently. Yeah. Fever, it was treated as a blanket for any condition that resulted in a fever and proved fatal. So a fever can be deadly if a temperature rises above 105 and the patient doesn't get treated. And it's in the 17th century. A lot of underlying causes of fever were unknown, hence why it was cataloged in such a colloquial way. Yeah. It could have been Ebola, influenza, smallpox, measles, some other infectious disease. 80 people on this list were recorded dying from measles. Um, And both England and Scotland suffered epidemics uh, of measles during the 17th century. Yeah, because, I mean, your fever is really just like your body trying to fight something off, whatever, a plethora of reasons, you know? Yeah. Before we identified diseases and underlying causes of fever, we even had names for the fevers, like swamp fever, jungle fever, mountain fever, yellow fever, the list goes on. Dehydration from fever may have also been the resulting cause of death, too. So... You know, if they were malnourished or compromised, they may have been more susceptible, like right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Purples and spotted fever claimed 38 lives while grouped together. Purples was another way of referring to what was likely meningococcal meningitis and spotted fever was typhus. Yeah. Also on this list is ague, which took 43 lives. And this refers to fever with periods of like shivering and sweating. Um generally malaria. So again, like this is a symptom rather than than the disease itself, which was malaria. 13 people die of fistula, which is an abnormal connection between an organ, vessel, or intestine and another organ, vessel, or intestine, or the skin. So for example, fistula can occur across many parts of the body. Yeah. The stomach and the surface of the skin, uh, the space inside the skull and nasal sinus, the cervix and the vagina, the bowel and the vagina, Pretty much anything in the vagina. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That makes sense for sure. Yeah. Yep. That's going to be me. That's how I'm going. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I hope not. God. <laughs> vagina first. Yeah. Always. <laughs> she died doing what she loved. <laughs> 531 people died of flocks and smallpox. Smallpox has been around for over 3,000 years and killed over 300 million in the 20th century. So it's no surprise that it was so lethal then. But the last natural outbreak in 1949 and in 1980, the World Health Organization declared it eradicated in 1980. Thank God. Let's hope it never comes back. Yes. I mean, I think it's still, I think it still can exist. But yeah, it was the only one ever to receive this distinction from who? Man. Six people reportedly perished from swine pox. This is a tricky one to classify because while there's a virus known as such, it commonly affects piglets less than four months old and is transmitted via skin abrasion. So it is not contagious to humans. Yeah, this one was strange. Maybe this, a very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, the next pox on our list has an unfortunate and quite frankly, kind of offensive name here. Uh, it's the French pox of which 12 people met their demise from. And the French pox was what people called syphilis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sexually transmitted infection that starts as painless sores, but left untreated, it can cause damage to the brain, nerves, eyes, heart, blood vessels, liver, bones, and joints. Lots of things. Yeah, it drives a person crazy. Yeah, who had this? Ben Franklin? Did he? Oh. I think he did. I think he Al died. Al Capone of- had syphilis, Okay. Right? Okay, well... Hmm. Check, fact check us on that. Um, <laughs> but the name came to be when the disease broke out among among French soldiers in 1495 when French invaded Naples. Yeah. Uh, so, so it, I mean, this seems like a lot of people, you know, just kind of also maybe another country trying to 
take the piss of the French mm-hmm. here too. Mm-hmm. Eight people died from the plague, likely bubonic plague, okay, the Black Death. Uh, the Great Plague of London killed a, a stark amount of the London population between 1665 and 66, about 100,000 people out of a population estimated at less than 500,000. Brutal. Jessica, what are you what are you what are you smelling? I'm not eating almonds. You're not eating almonds. What is that? What's that? What the What's smell? That? Yeah. Uh, Jessica, it's gangrene. Oh, the <laughs> fuck? We can smell like almonds and oh. kill five people. Great. Yeah, it is uh caused by lack of blood supply to a part of the body that can result in amputation or even fatality. And it's actually kind of surprising how low this number is, given the amount of manual labor happening in this time in history and potential for accidents. And again, yeah, no antibiotics, no understanding of modern germ theory and a lack of institutional hygiene. Yep. (laughs) Gout killed four people, which, again, may be a misclassification because gout or arthritic inflammation, it can't actually kill you, but it can cause other health problems that can put you in the ground. Oh, yeah. Like critical muscle failure or increased risk of heart attack and stroke. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, uh, gout was classically referred to as the disease of kings uh-huh. because it was connected to this like hearty, fatty, meat-based diet, which only the rich had access to. Similar, 87 people met their end due to being liver-grown, which could either be fatty liver disease or an enlarged and failing liver, or it could be rickets. Y'all, jury's still out. Yeah. <laughs> could, could be rickets. Could be rickets. You know, regardless, gout would be much less identifiable than another liver disease, jaundice, modernly mm. known as jaundice, which killed 43 people. And, you know, it has that calling card of a yellowing skin. Mm-hmm. So with jaundice, you can kind of see on the outside of a person that their liver is unable to process red blood cells mm-hmm. from the, their skin tone. This one is so interesting. 11 people died of grief. Like the two people who died of lethargy, this is, again, a symptom versus cause. In a romanticized sense, grief may equate to someone who died of a broken heart. Yeah. So, like, perhaps an emotional state that produced undue stress on someone's heart, especially if they were older. It's unclear, but, like, lethargy may have also referred to coma or depression. Again, some of these are a little vague. Mm-hmm. I hear about, you know, the dying of grief. It, it happens a lot, I feel like, with older people, like, if... A couple oh, is yeah. in their 80s, and then one dies, and the other one goes shortly after. Yeah, I think it's just also, you know, you're, you, it's, there's a lot to be said for like will to live. Yeah. And, absolutely. and how your body responds to your mind and emotions, et cetera. Mm. Yeah. Next on the list is jaw fallen, a really unusual term that means jaw fallen. <laughs> Eight people were overcome by this malady, specifically lockjaw. If you, I'm touching my jaws, I'm saying this. If you aren't familiar with lockjaw, it's a bacterial disease that causes stiffness to the muscles and the nerves of the jaw and neck and can ultimately spread to other areas of the body. Also another name for tetanus. Mm, which, given the living and working conditions of the time, was lethal. Not something folks could get a booster shot for, that's for sure. Yeah, and while most of this list is composed of people who died by an illness, contagious disease, or some other health-related matter, there are other means of fatality represented, including... Murdered. Yes, murdered. Murdered, which of course <laughs> is an antiquated way of saying murdered. And you can try it the next time you're playing Scrabble and see what happens if it'll be accepted. Yeah, I think it, should, it be. should be. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and there were seven victims of the world's worst crime. And then there were those killed not by other people, but by circumstance. 46 people were killed by several accidents. That's K I L apostrophe D. 
explanatory here, self-explanatory. Someone was injured or like killed in an unfortunate mishap. Probably lots of like work-related ones. And also 15 individuals were logged as having made away themselves, which is suicide. Five deaths were recorded as a product of lunatique. That's L-U-N-A-T-I-Q-U-E, which translates to death concerning lunacy or mental illness or actions related to... We have to question the validity of this count since mental illness was extremely suppressed, deliberately misdiagnosed and misreported during the 17th century. So take that, you know. That number, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is mainly due to stigmas regarding mental illness. So like no esteemed family wanted one of their loved ones to be uh, deemed mentally ill or like a coroner to pronounce their death publicly connected to mental illness. A doctor working in the 18th century, Dr. William Black, observed this suppression in his book, An Arithmetical a Medical Analysis of the Diseases and Mortality of the Human Species, wrote, Many lunatic deaths in London are not reported from their being interred in dissenting and unregistered burying grounds or in other places of interment without the verge of the bills, end quote. Yeah, basically saying that, like, there are... Deaths related to like lunatic or mental illness uh, in the modern sense that are not reported. And when they're interred, like they do not use these these bills of mortality to log them. Essentially, Mm -hmm. they just kind of like wipe it under the rug. Mm -hmm. Um, 40 people died of thrush and sore mouth. Now, like this one, we're not exactly sure, but here's what we can surmise. Thrush is yeast, and very invasive candida can cause serious fungal infections in the mouth and throat. It can create other health problems. And like other infections, it runs the risk of entering the bloodstream. If somebody was immune compromised, it could absolutely be fatal. Mm -hmm. This is why maybe surprisingly or maybe not, depending on who you ask, teeth is so high up on this list as a root cause of death, pun intended, root. Uh, Mm -hmm. 470 died due to periodontal disease and illness associated with oral pathology. Yeah. And again, remember, there's just no antibiotics at this time and no understanding of how germs could spread and infection could be created during dental procedures. So Mm -hmm. pulse or palsy claimed 35 lives. And this was a blanket term to cover symptoms of Bell's palsy, Parkinson's disease, cerebral palsy, other muscle atrophy caused by spinal injuries or stroke. So one of the entries that probably has the most people, you know, scratching their heads when looking at this list is simply planet, which killed 13. What does this mean? Oh, this one saved one of the best for last year. There was still a strong belief in the influence of astrological constellations and bodies. It was also referred to as being planet struck. Yes, there was this notion that planetary forces and their negative influences or positions at the time could literally affect seasonal illness like the flu. Influenza comes from the medieval Latin word influentia, which means influence. So yeah, the influence of the planets is making you sick. Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah, I feel like if you don't have any other understanding of like what's going on, you know, just chalk it up to space and time. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, Finally, 62 deaths on the bill of mortality are categorized as simply being suddenly. What this means, we are not sure. And it's probably because the doctors and coroners also weren't sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe, you know, they just did not know why someone inexplicably dropped dead. They didn't know what happened in the lead up to them dying. So suddenly may have been their only answer. That's, yeah, I love that. Suddenly, that's just it. That's it. Yeah. 
And that's that's the end of our show. Suddenly, suddenly <laughs> um, we are done with this episode. Just uh, want to shout out our editor and acting TD, Kelly, who is not feeling well and had to listen to us go through an entire <laughs> list of illness. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are back in business. This is mm-hmm. our second episode. Second episode of yeah, this new season. Episode. Yep. Yeah. We're back and, in uh, season four. I'll be next week. We got a cool topic coming up. Don't know what that. Is. Don't know what it is yet, but it's it coming. might be. It might be spontaneous human combustion, or yeah, or giants. Yeah. We don't. There's lots of stuff we're covering. Yeah, uh, but be sure to check out our back catalog because we've featured a lot of fascinating, morbid topics and subject matter in our previous episodes. All evergreen, and uh, yeah, check us out in the Rooster Teeth store, store.roosterteeth.com. We've got cool shirts and sweatshirts and decals there, and you can follow us on social media at Jessica Vasami at Elise Williams. At 30 Morbid Minutes. Find us, follow us, message us. Haunt us. Haunt us. Scare us. <laughs> yeah, tell us the stuff you find morbid. Yeah. We want to know. All right, well, bad bye. Bad bye.